And so as I mentioned before, my name's Matt, I'm assistant pastor here and I want to extend a welcome to you if you are visiting with us or perhaps here for the first time looking around for a, for a church, but, but welcome and I want to invite you to stay afterwards for morning tea. Um, it's really great to have you here and welcome to everyone here who normally comes, that's really good to see you guys too. We're a bit light on again today, we've got school holidays and people are camping and holidaying and doing all those fun things, but thanks for coming and joining me. I'm glad I'm not talking to an empty room. Um, but I actually, talking of holidays, I recently had an opportunity just to take a couple of days off uh, and spend some time with family and, and with friends uh, that we had visiting. And uh, there was this one particular day um, I was sitting on our back veranda outside enjoying the lovely cool weather. Is anyone too cold or too hot? I did, Isaac mentioned he was thankful the aircon wasn't on and I did switch it on, so if it's too cold. And I see Ash over here with a, like a, a blanket thing. It's all good. Otherwise, suck it up, jump up and dance around or something, I don't know. Um, anyway, where was I? I was, I was enjoying the cool weather. And my kids were, were playing on our trampoline. We've got a big round trampoline uh, in, our, in our backyard. And it's, from where I was sitting, it's quite a distance away. Um, as I say, it's a big, big trampoline, big round trampoline. It's got safety net. You know the trampolines with the safe poles, safety net. Um, you know, not like the trampolines when I was a boy that were just bare metal and springs and we used to live holes. Yes. I do remember jumping on a trampoline that had a rip in the middle and falling through at a friend's house. That was good fun. Those were the days, hey? Anyway, but... Now they're, they're safe, aren't they? Yeah. But obviously, um, our trampoline, obviously outside, harsh territory environment, we've had it for a number of years, and um, the zip is broken. You know, the teeth on the zip went all brittle, and it's, it's no longer functional. So there is this beautiful safety net all the way around the trampoline, except for this large hole opening that you can exit and enter through whether you want to or not yeah um anyway my kids were on the trampoline i was sitting a long way away my two oldest kids i've got four kids yes um yes it's enough i love my kids but four is enough um, I'm getting distracted. Thank you, Toby. That's one of them. Um, anyway, so my two oldest kids had jumped off the trampoline, leaving my two youngest kids um, there. And I'm not sure exactly what happened, but something went down. And Jesh, who is his, Jeshua, who's nearly two, um, suddenly he started to cry. And Amongst the tears, blaming his older brother, Toby. Toby! As he was moving towards the exit of the trampoline. He wanted to get out of there. Um, of course, he is small. Uh, the trampoline is not. And it's quite a distance off the ground, comparatively speaking. Uh, and Ziku is my oldest... Uh, he was casually walking back towards the trampoline and me, in my wisdom, could see exactly what was going to go down. 
Jesh obviously was going to go down as he sped towards the exit. And so I said to Zeke, who doesn't have that same wisdom that I have to, to see what's going to happen, I said to Zeke, Zeke, Jesh, grab him. And there was this moment where Jesh ran off the side of the trampoline and was in free fall. Now, thankfully, Zeke, he came to the rescue and he caught him before he hit the ground. Thanks, Zeke. Hey, what a hero, hey? Yes. I told him I was going to talk about him today and he's... Love it. What an amazing big brother. And I can guarantee that no children were harmed in the making of this story. Okay? So that's, that's one story. Another story I want to talk to you about is, again, involving Jeshua. And, and it was the other night, it was nearly t- dinner time, four kids, very chaotic in my house uh, at that time of night. And, and Jesh decided that he wanted a bicky. Bicky daddy, bicky daddy, over and over and over and over. To which I, I of course, said, what? No, it's nearly dinner time. To which he replied... Okay, Dad, and went about his business. No, 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 no. Instead, he started to cry, and he continued on his quest for Bicky Daddy. And he went to our pantry cupboard, and he started searching for the biscuit container, but he couldn't reach it, so he's there, and he's, he's learned how to open cupboards. Fantastic. Um, and so I went over, and I shut the door. And that's when it escalated. And, uh, you know, he, he produced this sort of scream. I don't know how little kids do it, but you know the ones that melt your brain? Have you ever experienced one of those? Yeah, it was one of those. And so I shut the pantry door and he started screaming and then he threw himself down on the floor, continuing to scream in that classic almost to tantrum, except for the fact that, that Jesh, our son, is a lounger. Never seen anything like it. He can lounge anywhere. And he loves to do it. And so when he has a tantrum, he just lounges down on the floor. He doesn't throw his arms and his legs. He just sort of lays there and rolls backwards and forwards. But screaming. You know, it's the sort of of situation you're glad that happens at home and not in public, yeah? So here he is, screaming on the floor... No Jesh, no biscuit. Anyway, soon enough, dinner was ready and Jesh got this amazing dinner. I think it was even roast or something. You know, One of those, pick your favourite meal. It was like one of them. And finally, that calmed the beast inside and everything was right in his world once again. Anyway, so I'm going to leave those two stories there so you don't have to wait. It actually does relate to my message. Unlike the stories that Neil tells sometimes, you know, he tells a story at the start of his message and it just has nothing to do. I'm coming back to it, so hold on to those. But as, as I mentioned, um, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this, at this topic of faith, looking at faith in God, our trust in God. And so I've just been just really stewing on, on that topic over the last number of weeks. And, and you know, God, God has put on my heart to share 
about our faith journey with us today, but to share about our faith that comes through prayer. And specifically about personal prayer. So the, the prayer that we pray for ourselves. Okay? As, as Christians, we have, this, we have this privilege of being able to pray for each other, don't we? And for other people, and, and whether they're in the church or out of the church, praying for our family and for our work colleagues and world circumstances. You know, we, ha- we have this privilege of being able to come to God and bring stuff to Him in prayer. To be able to stand alongside each other and, and to pray over the different situations that we face. And so, as, as I was preparing for this message, I was, I was contemplating that topic of prayer and how when we pray, that impacts our faith. You know, again, what a privilege it is to be able to pray for each other. And, and again, I, I was thinking about it and I, I realised that most of the time, it's actually easier to pray over someone else's situation rather than it is for our own. Has anyone else realised that? Like, And there's a challenge in the things that we pray for ourselves because it can really highlight the faith and the trust that we put in God. You know, what, what we pray for ourselves impacts what we expect God to do in and through us in our lives. And it points to the level of trust that we're actually placing in Him for our lives. And it highlights the areas where we are giving God control in our lives. You know, all, all prayer matters. How we pray matters. How we communicate with God matters. You know, because when we, when we pray, we are inviting God into action in that situation, yeah? You know, we're, we're inviting God to come and to be part of the circumstance that we're praying over, whether that's for ourselves or whether that's for someone else. And prayer is a, is a key way that we communicate with God. And so, as with, with all relationships, without communication, then effectively there is no relationship. So, if we, if we think about it, then prayer is a really important part of our relationship with God and ultimately that affects the level of faith and trust that we put in Him every single day. And so, as we, as we think about prayer and the fact that it's, that it's communication, I think it's important that we remember exactly who we are communicating with when we pray. You know, we, we pray to a God who is able to do all things. When we pray, we are communicating with our incredible Creator God. And Ephesians 3.20 reminds us of this. And it says, all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Our God can accomplish infinitely more than we might ask, think or even imagine. And this is who we're communicating with when we pray. And so then when we, when we pray, what are we seeking God for? You know, how, how are we praying to our, our mighty and powerful God who can do all things? You know, just the fact that, that we have this incredible opportunity 
to be in personal relationship with this God. A relationship that enables us to communicate, to pray directly with our Creator God. All because of Jesus, all because of the work of the cross, all because of His sacrifice, as we, as we were reminded about again in communion today. Because of Jesus, because of that sacrifice, what is the result of that? Hebrews 4, 16. It tells us that we can come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. We can come boldly into His presence, not, not hesitant, not with fear, not with awkwardness, but confident and with assurance because of Jesus, because of the work of the cross. And then what else does it say there? As we come into the presence of God, as we step in with boldness, it says, there we will receive His mercy and we will find grace that helps us when we need it most. As we pray, as we communicate with God, we can do that with boldness. And as we come to Him, as we enter into His presence, whether that is through prayer or through worship, we have this opportunity to receive His mercy and His grace. So what we pray matters to God. And what we pray impacts our faith in Him. It impacts our journey that we have with Him. And as we do that, we see Him work through those different situations that we bring to Him in prayer. In Matthew 6, in verses 7 and 8, Jesus gives us some guidance on prayer. And he says, when, when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. Because they think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. But don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. You know, our prayers don't need to be elaborate. Our prayers don't need to be long-winded and wordy. But rather, our prayer should be simple and authentic and from our heart. You know, I've heard people in my journey, I've heard people say, I don't know how to pray. You know, I can't pray because I can't pray as well as insert name here. Anyone heard that before? But we are all able to pray. We just need to tell God what is on our heart. Yeah, maybe even write it down. Start a prayer journal. My son Zeke, again, opportunity to talk about my son. But he writes a prayer journal. It's fantastic, I love it. Every night as he goes to bed, he sits down and he writes out. I don't know what's in there, I don't look at it. That's, that's between him and God, but that's how he communicates with God because as he's writing it down, he's thinking about that and he's throwing it out there to God. And God knows. Again, Jesus reminds us there is, there is no need for us to be elaborate and fancy with the prayers that we pray. 
Yeah, because as, as we just read in Matthew 6, it tells us that, that God knows exactly what we need before we even ask for it. But He just wants us to ask. And so, so our prayers should be simple, but, but also I really want to challenge us in, on being aware of, of what we're actually praying for. You know, because sometimes I think our, our prayer can, can become predictable and our prayers can be safe. Our prayers can, can become routine. And I was, I was thinking about that and I was thinking, you know, what, what do I mean by prayers being safe and predictable and, and routine? And, and I, was, I was just reflecting on my journey and I was reflecting on, on my grandparents, actually. Um, and as, as I was growing up, we would go and visit them, we'd have a meal together, and every time we had a meal together, obviously we'd, we would pray before that meal, and my grandparents would say this prayer, for what we are about to receive, you may have heard this prayer, what we are about to receive, may the Lord make us truly thankful, for Christ's sake, Amen. Eat. Now, now don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that prayer. Again, it's simple, it can be heartfelt, it can be authentic. But there's a, there's a challenge there that if you pray that prayer every single time that you sit down to eat, that it just becomes routine. And it becomes like you just... It's non, it becomes non-authentic. You know, as a, as a kid growing up, I knew that I had to get through that and then I could eat. That's where I was coming from. Now I'm not saying that's where they were coming from. But you get what I'm saying, yeah? Well, maybe there are other times when we treat prayer a bit like buying a lotto ticket, you know, where, where our prayer is this, is this chance for us to have a life that is problem-free and stress-free and pain-free. And you know what? Sometimes in life, we actually, we actually get that. We actually have moments in life where it is pain-free and it's stress-free and it's awesome. But, but the reality is that there are also times when it's not like that, when that is far from the truth of what we experience as we journey through this life that we have. But if, but if we are expecting God to provide that, how does that impact our faith in God when it doesn't happen? Because it's it's really important that we remember, again, who we are praying to. Because God is a constant. He remains the same yesterday, today and forever. Regardless of what situation or circumstance that we might find ourselves in. And God can do all things. And for Him, nothing is impossible. And God can and will use every single situation that we find ourselves in for His glory and for His purpose and for His benefit if we put our trust and our faith in Him. You know, maybe, maybe our prayers are more like, God, give me a good day today. Or, let me have a good sleep tonight. Prayers that, again, are comfortable, they're, they're safe prayers. Again, to make, make our lives safe and secure and again, there's, there's nothing wrong with safe and secure, safe and comfortable. But, 
there's a, there's a challenge for us in that, that if, if that's all we pray, then we're not going to end up living the life that God intended us to live. It won't result in the life that Jesus came and died that we might have. Again, our prayers draw attention to our faith and trust that we put in Him. And I want to distinguish the fact that a, that a simple prayer does not equal a safe prayer. And I think the, the best example of a simple, faith-filled prayer, we just need to look at the way that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane in the moments leading up to His arrest and His death on the cross. And we find that in Luke 22... 42. And it says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Such a simple, heartfelt and authentic prayer. Jesus knew what was coming. He knew what was ahead of him. He was aware of the plan that was in place a plan that would result in his death, a horrible, agonising death, a death as a sacrifice to cover the sin of all humanity and Jesus prays this simple prayer from his heart and he says, please take this cup of suffering away from me. But then he adds, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. A simple yet far from safe prayer to his heavenly Father. Even a dangerous prayer. You know, prayer can be dangerous. You know, now, I, I personally have prayed those words, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And I've heard others pray those same words at different times and in different situations as well. Times to just... Find yourself in a situation and just place the outcome into God's hands. Taking situations and just handing it over to God. But then I've also heard opinions from people that say, you know, praying your, your will, God, not mine, is a cop-out. I've been told that it shows lack of faith because you're not declaring the promises but you're just saying, God, just... You know, it's, it's like an escape clause. It's to cover yourself if God doesn't come through with what you're praying for. I've heard that said. And there are two things I want to say to that. The first one is, if it's good enough for Jesus, then it's good enough for me. But secondly, and more importantly, my faith, my trust is in our incredible Creator God the one who can do all things, who for, no, uh, for, for him nothing is impossible. You know, the, the creator of the universe and if he's got a better plan, then I'm going to go with that one. Thanks. Even if it appears that things might be getting worse or even more uncertain in the things that I'm praying over. Because again, my faith is in the mighty Creator God. And so I want to I encourage us not to pray just safe prayers. But to pray prayers that extend and stretch our faith in Him.
that strengthen our relationship with Him. Prayers that, that make us vulnerable before God. Prayers that, that give God full control over everything that we do. Prayers like the prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden, simply asking God, I'm not sure I can do, insert your situation in here, but God, it's your call and I put my trust in you. You Prayers that that give God the opportunity and the freedom to move in our lives. David prayed a prayer that we find in the Psalms that that put him in a place of vulnerability, the sort of place I'm talking about, and it enabled God to move in his life and to, to strengthen him in his personal relationship with God. Psalm 139, 23 and 24. This is what David prays. He says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. You know, another example of a simple yet faith-filled prayer. Now, this is, this is the sort of personal prayer that I'm talking about. Prayer that, that opens the door for God to convict and to correct and to redirect us in our lives. A prayer that results in a change in ourselves for the better that builds and grows our faith in God. And so I guess really today I just want to remind us not just to be asking God to to do something, but be asking God to reveal something in us. And in this psalm, David is inviting God to know his anxious thoughts to know his worst fears, bringing them out into the light and naming and shaming them. And as as we gather here today, as we hear these words, I wonder if there are things that that we are sitting here and we are afraid of, things that are making us anxious right now. Now, I'm not talking about fear as in fear of snakes or flying or heights or spiders or whatever, but I'm, I'm talking about fear that consumes us, anxiety that consumes our thoughts. Things like anxiety over our finances, you know, like what Isaac was talking about earlier, now where am I going to find the money to, to pay that next bill that's coming? Perhaps there's, there's fear for safety or, or fear for your children in the world that we live in. Fear in your job, fear for the future, what is to come, what God has in store for us, fear of failure, fears that your your marriage or your family relationship is all going to fall apart and it's not going to succeed. You know, you you get the idea of what I'm talking about here. Now, when, when we are afraid, when we are consumed with anxious thoughts, we are allowing that fear and that anxiety to be greater than God. but we've been reminded who God is. He is is bigger than any fear that we might ever have. We just need to put our trust and our faith in Him. We need to give it all over to God. Just as David did. Just as Jesus 
did. You know, again, as, as Isaac shared this morning in, in communion, Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it tells us, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done and then you experience God's peace. Not anxiety and fear, but peace. Which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then 1 Peter 5, 7. Give all your worries and cares to God for He cares about you. You know, for me, in, in my life, I have, I've had a lot of different experiences with fear and anxiety. Uh, my son, Toby, the, my third, third oldest, has Down syndrome and when he was early born, he had lots of medical complications and I think it was... It's getting on now, it's six years ago, so I'm losing my mind, but I think it was seven days after he's born, six days after he's born, Ali, my wife, and, and Toby flew to Melbourne because he needed emergency surgery. So I was left up here with two kids, Ali was down there, I had no idea what was going on, and I was consumed with fear and anxiety for the safety of my son. And I remember doing housework and just trying to keep things going, trying to keep a sense of normal in the house at home. And I remember carrying a basket load of washing and just collapsing on the floor in my bedroom and saying, God, I cannot do this. And that was it. That's all I said. And I fell to my knees. And I experienced the most unexplainable peace. Peace that exceeded anything that I could understand. Didn't change the situation that was going on. And God did amazing things through his life. You can just see him running around now. And it's, thank you, Jesus. But just handing it over to God and experiencing this this peace that cannot be understood. And again, it didn't, didn't change the situation, didn't change anything, other than the fact that I was able to then stand up and just keep going and keep pushing in. Because I knew that God had it. That He is the God of the impossible. You know, I knew that if, if like we've just read in 1 Peter 5, 7, if I gave Him my worries, God, God cares about me and He cares about the situation... And he's going he's gonna to do his thing. I've just got to trust in him. Regardless of what that outcome might be. And so there's this challenge for us not to be afraid, not to be anxious. But instead, when we find ourselves in those moments, to pray, to put our faith in him. And in doing that, we receive his peace. And we allow it to guard our hearts and our minds. And we give it all to God because he cares about us. You know, there is, this, there is this challenge. Sometimes there is fear within us that we don't even recognise. 
And so that's what I love about the, the prayer that, that David prays. God, show me what I fear and help me with what terrifies me. You know, because, because as we do that, we are inviting God to come into our lives and to take that fear away and to replace it with His unexplainable peace that builds our faith and builds our trust in Him as He works in the situation that we're facing. You know, we, we all need His presence, we all need His power, we all need God's Spirit in us to guide us and, and we need His Word to strengthen us in our journey. You know, Jesus, Jesus He came to give us life in abundance. A life that is full, that is not easy, but full. A life of abundance that maybe isn't safe, but it's full. And so we pray these simple yet faithful prayers and invite God to reveal and lead us in the journey that we're on, so that we can live this life of abundance that God has promised for us. You know, Jesus doesn't ask us to do anything that He didn't already do Himself. You know, if you look at, if you look at what Jesus did when He was here on earth, you know, he, he showed us how to love, to love others more than we love ourselves. You know, Jesus went out and He touched and healed lepers. He showed grace to prostitutes. He stood up and he stood firm in dangerous and life-threatening situations because he had a faith in his heavenly Father. This is Toby, everyone. And that's, that's Jesh over there who's also coming up as well. <laughs> but, but we are intended... We are intended to live this life that just honours God. To live a life that that shares the love that He has for us. And in in Luke 9.23, Jesus reminds us that that if any of us want to be His followers, you must daily give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. And what, what does that mean? That means, that means that we need to just give up ourselves to lay down our own desires and to live the life that God has intended for us, to live the way that He intends us to live every single day, to be seeking God with what He has in store for us by putting our faith and our trust in Him. You know, Isaiah is another amazing example of a simple and yet faith-filled response to God. And, and Isaiah was a prophet, he was a, a messenger of God. You find him in the Old Testament and, and in Isaiah 6, there is this account of this vision that he has. And it tells of how he became God's messenger. And, and he has this incredible vision of God sitting in his throne room and he's, he's being attended by mighty seraphim and they're singing praises to God and they're singing so loud that the building's foundations are shaking and he is there witnessing this incredible and awesome, powerful God sitting on the throne. 
And then God says, whom shall I send as a messenger to his people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah responds and says, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Now we can call this a prayer because he's communicating with God. It's not a safe prayer by all means, but it is one that is filled with faith. He recognises this incredible creator God that is sitting before him and there's the opportunity to step into what God is, is wanting to be done and he says, here I am, send me. There isn't any explanation about what it is that he's supposed to do. But again, he just recognised the power and the majesty and the authority of God. And he put his trust in God for that next step. So I want to challenge us not just to pray these safe prayers, but to pray prayers that allow God to move in us, that allow God to convict and to correct, to direct and to change who we are on this journey. Again, to put our faith in God of the universe who can do all things. You know, perhaps today as I'm, as I'm talking to you, we might find ourselves in this situation where we're being prompted by God to step out of the safety netting that surrounds us. Yeah? Back to the story. A bit like Jesh leaping out of the trampoline. And I might add that unlike Jesh's father, your heavenly father will be there to catch you as you take that step of faith, as you step into the real and abundant life that God has intended for you to have. You know, perhaps today it's time to stop praying those, those safe prayers and comfortable prayers and start praying prayers that, that release you into that life that God intends for you to have. You know, perhaps you need to you need to step into something and face the fear that is before you and hand that fear over to God. Because maybe you're allowing your fear to be greater than God. But as we've said, God is bigger than any fear. Put your faith in Him. Or perhaps like Jeshua having a tantrum about not getting a bicky. Yeah, maybe we find ourselves upset and angry because we don't see God answering the things that we are asking for right now. And that in itself is consuming us. I want to I encourage you to put your faith in God in that situation. And ask God to take away your anger and your frustration. But be reminded that God knows better and He has a plan. And He's going to use whatever situation you find yourself in for His glory and for His purpose. And you know what? God, God knows better. You know, maybe instead of that bicky that you are so desiring that you have your heart set on, that you are consumed by. Perhaps 
rather than looking to that, God has got this awesome meal set aside for you. You just need to put your faith in Him. But in all things, pray. Pray authentic and vulnerable prayers. You know, allow God to give you that life that He intends you to have. Trust Him. Put your faith in Him. Give it over to Him. Tell Him, not my will, but yours, God. Why don't you stand? Let's, let's just pray together. Hey? Lord God, I just thank you that you, you know each one of us. And today, God, I just, I just simply pray that, that you would help us. You would help us to pray genuine prayers of trust and faith. That you would help us in our fear. God, that you would help us to live for you. That you would help us to put all of our trust in you. Help us to step boldly into the things that you're calling each one of us to do. Thank you, God, that, that there is nothing that is impossible for you. And maybe you're here today and, and you don't have that personal relationship with God and, and as we're standing together now, I want you to know that God loves you and he wants to be in your life. And he loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you, to take the blame for all that you have ever done wrong, to take the blame for your sin. And so if you would like to accept that invitation, invite God into your life, why don't you just pray with me right now? Just pray these words in your head. God, I thank you that you love me and that you want to be in my life. I thank you, Jesus, that you died and rose for me for the forgiveness of my sin. I thank you that I'm forgiven and I invite you into my life. Amen. So if you prayed that prayer, I want to welcome you to the family of God. That is awesome. I want you to come and tell me or tell someone that you came with. And as always, the front is, is open for prayer. If you have a need, I'd love to, I'd love to pray with you. Uh, but please hang around after the service for morning tea. And we're going we're gonna to close with some more worship in a minute. Um, There's also Eileen's last Sunday today with us. And so we want to pray for her for our husband as they, as they leave and so I want to invite them to come down the front once we're, once we're finished and people can gather and we're going to pray for them as they leave uh, but please stay and, and share morning tea with us as well bless your heaps guys